This show is brought to you in part by the University of Advancing Technology. UAT is a unique technology-infused private college that was founded by a geek for other geeks. Our mission is to educate students in the fields of advancing technology to become innovators of the future. UAT's campus culture is devoted to continually nurturing a thriving geek community where everyone's personal lives and professional aspirations revolve around technology. The beginning of the 21st century is an exciting time to be in the technology community. Current subjects of ongoing research and scholarship at UAT include robotics and embedded systems, artificial life programming, information and network security, game development, and other areas of advanced technology. Check them out on the web at www.uat.edu. Shoutcast streaming provided by Versus the World Productions, www.vtwproductions.com. Hi, folks. This is the Emperor. I'm here to remind you to listen to the Emperor's Court every Saturday from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern right here at vtwproductions.com. That's the Emperor's Court, your three-hour break from Internet porn. Oh, yeah! Today we have... Paul McGillian, guest, uh, born uh, Scottish-born, moved to Canada, best known for his role as Dr. Carson Beckett on Stargate Atlantis. Wow, which mic do I take? <laughs> Hello, Phoenix. How are you? You sexy buggers. So nice to be here. Man, it's hot. It's crazy. I just got a little, I, of course, coming from Vancouver, it rains pretty much every day. And so we got on the plane, and uh, that's right, I don't normally have a Scottish accent. Uh, some, some people are like, I, I, went to, I did a convention in Scotland, one of the first conventions I had. And I thought, oh, God, I'm going to go to Scotland. And, uh, you know, I was born there, and they're going to say, you know, where's your accent? And I was like, oh, God. So I, gotta, so I went out shopping, and uh, I bought a Scotland scarf. And I stuck it under my armpit. I had a jacket on. And I know it's going to happen. Of course, it, it, the convention's in Scotland. I'm with um, Ronnie Cox and Terrell Rothery and Janet Fraser. And one of the first conventions I've ever done. I'm like kind of nervous. And I get there. And being, you know, in Scotland, they're having a few pints, if you know what I mean. And a few of the gentlemen have their kilts on. And they're quite bevied, as they say in Scotland. And I go last. And they're like, back it, back it. So I'm like, I come out and I grab the mic. And I go, oh, God, it's so great to be here in Scotland. Like, yes, and I can see them, like the rumblings, you know, when I'm talking. They go, for God's sakes, man. And one guy goes, hey, man, where's your accent, for God's sakes? <laughs> and I pull out the Scotland scarf and put it over my head, go, right bloody here, mate, end of story. And it's like, yes, <laughs> Scotland. Um, but as I, I was saying, I got on the plane, I had a jacket on here on the way here uh, last night. And I thought, oh, God, I was getting, you know, just ready. It's pouring rain in Vancouver. I step out of the plane. There's that little crack between the plane and the gate. And I get on there, and I just feel this waft of, like, oh, my God, I'm in a convection oven. <laughs> so I go to the washroom, take my jacket and shirt off, put it, pack it in my bag, and I don't think that's going back on again. I brought that for the ladies, the jacket. <laughs> anyway, it's great to be here. I've never been to Phoenix before. Uh, I don't know how much outside time I'm going to get, but uh, it, it's awesome. I've met a bunch of people so far over in line and uh, signed some autographs and met them, and everyone's been really, really nice to me, so I appreciate that. I had uh, a great time. I'll talk a little bit about Stargate. Obviously, it's all, I'll talk mostly about Stargate, but I had a great time being on the series. I don't know if some of you know, my character initially wasn't a regular on the show. Uh, initially, they had him, my agent said, 
maybe a few episodes here. We're not sure it could go more. And I'm like, great. So I remember doing the pilot with Martin Wood, and, and he's the, one of the directors. Um, many of you probably know who he is. And he said to me during the pilot, I'm like, this, is, this show's going to be big. I could just tell Robert Patrick's there. You know, there's a really good buzz going around. And he said, um, listen, um, Damien Kindler, who's one of the writers, wants, to do, wants you to talk to him. He's doing a really big Beckett episode. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Where, where is he? He's up in the office. I'm like, okay. I go, when's the episode? He goes, oh, it's episode eight, seven or eight or something like that. And I'm like going, yes. You know, as an actor, like, really? So I go up there, and he goes, he wants to talk to you about Scotland and stuff, and you just get to know you a little bit so you can make a backstory for your character because it's going to be a really heavy episode for him. So that was Poisoning in the Well. It's a big episode. And after that episode, that's right, ladies, that's when Parna dies in my arms. Parna dies, Beckett dies, where's the bloody turtles? I don't know. Um, Beckett never gets any girls. So... Uh, so that's what, you know, that's what happened. So it was really cool. And then, of course, when Beckett did die, thanks to a lot of the fans, the Carson fans out there and people that mailed in, the miraculous thing about sci-fi is you can come back as a clone. <laughs> Thank you. Don't mess with Beckett. It's like killing a puppy. <laughs> it's not fair. Um, I said, uh, I remember when they told me, they said, they were gonna kill, you know, we have to kill Beckett. And I'm like... Really? I said, why? He said, well, one of the main characters is just a story arc thing. I'm like, okay. I don't think the fans are going to be too happy. And they're like, yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I'm like, oh, I don't know. So, and, you know, and then I was down in Los Angeles, and there's a pipe band rally at the Bridge Studios. Uh, and it was on the news. And a bunch of the Beckett fans had put Beckett on their bums and on their underwear and bent over and mooned the studio. It has Beckett on it. <laughs> and if you Google it, you can see, you know, see, save Carson Beckett. You know, it's hilarious. Uh, but anyway, you know, thanks to all the fans and all the support you've done for the show on behalf of everybody, uh, all the, you know, my castmates, I know we really appreciate it. And, and, you know, honestly, there's so many different shows and television and options for you guys to watch, and we're really, you know, thankful that you watch Stargate and enjoy it. Uh, so many people have come up to me and said, you know, it's gotten us through some tough times or a family, you know, people be ill or whatever, you know, and, and I say, well, I really appreciate that, but you realize I'm not a really doctor, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But, you know, it has, like, it's a lot of escapism for people. I think it's a fun thing about Stargate. It's a family. Families can watch it together and enjoy it and, and take it in, where so many other shows, you know, okay, kids, it's time to go to bed. It's something you can do together. I all say it's people watch football, people watch baseball, and people watch sci-fi, <laughs> you know? And it's a great fan base, man. I love it. You know, you come here, and uh, so many people, where'd you, where'd you meet your wife? Oh, we met at a convention. We did this. And I'll go, I was just in Germany, and I saw the same fans I saw in London. Then I was in Vancouver, and I'll see how some of the same fans were there, too. So it's a big community of people that, that's what, that's what you guys do, and you love it. And, you know, and I love it, too. I've been all over the world and met so many great people. People all say, oh, my God, are the fans crazy? I'm like, well, there's a couple fans here or there that are a little, you know, a little out there. But, you know, generally speaking, we're all crazy anyway, really, when you think about it. But it's, it's just such a great fan base, you know. People are, are into their shows. And I also thought, oh, my God, what am I going to do when I go to a convention? They're going to ask me all these questions about what episode and what you're doing. That Like, I went back and watched all the season one episodes just in case. I, you know, I'm like, okay, now I'm ready. Hit me with questions right now. No one ever asked me a question, you know. The only thing was I was in Germany, and uh, this uh, reporter, and in Germany, I don't know if you know this, but this was, like, first season, so seven years ago, everybody smokes, right? And they're smoking inside everywhere, you know? And so in the convention, there's a guy smoking, and the thing about the German people, I don't know if anybody's German out there, but sarcasm doesn't really translate so much in Germany. So 
so when I'm there, and the language barriers a little bit, and the German fans are great, but they're, ve they're very quiet, and they really listen. You know, so example, I'm like, I'll do a talk, and I got, later on, they'll come up, and I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll make a joke, and it's like crickets, right? And I was like, oh my God, I'm dying up here. And I have another 55 minutes to talk. And then I, I'll come off later off the stage, and they'll come up to me and go, your talk was hilarious. And I'm like, oh, really? Oh my God, I laughed my head off. I'm like, I didn't, well, I didn't hear it. It's inside laughter. So the guy's smoking, he goes, Paul, I have a question for Dr. Paul McGillian, Carlson Beckett on the show Stargate Atlantis. I'm like, yes, you know, yes. And he goes, your character on the show Stargate has a humorous sense of humor. I'm like, Th thank you. You as a person, Paul McGillian, are you a funny person? And I said, well, I'd like to think I'm pretty funny. Yes. <laughs> That's what I get. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> shoot me. <laughs> Put me out of my misery, um, but it, it's great. But the thing about the Ger you know the German people too, it's really fun because I was just in Germany in Dusseldorf at FedCon, which is a really big convention with Richard Dean Anderson, myself, and Scott Bakula, and uh, we were you know taking photo ops. I don't know if you ever had a photo op with me, but I don't you know I don't know if, I don't stand right beside like most times some of the actors I won't say who they are they don't really interact with the fans at all. You know what I mean? They'll just take a photo. And it's just like a conveyor belt. The person standing beside them. I, on the other hand, I like to be people, put people in headlocks and things like that. And, you know, have some fun or give it, you know, get a, get a big hug. I mean, Jesus, if I'm going to be with all these hot women, I may as well hug them. You know, so I'm like, so when I go to Germany, uh, you know, all of a sudden, like, there's like, you know, those guys have maybe 20 people getting pictures with them. I have like 200 people getting pictures with me, right? And because I'm having fun and it's like, oh my God, you know, can you make a funny photo? I'm like, yes. And this one guy comes, can you stand on my back? I'm like, how? I lie on the ground and stand on me. I'm like, okay, this is weird. All right. <laughs> so if you find, you'll find a picture of me standing in some German guy and his wife laughing, you know, internally. <laughs> Inside laughter. That's what they do. Um, yeah, so anyway, I, when I, I, I've told the story before at conventions, but p people seem to like it. And Aaron Douglas, if you know who he is on Battlestar, he's a good friend of mine. We're doing a panel together on Sunday, and he'll probably tell my story, which he does. I'm like, get your own material. God's sakes. But my parents are Scottish, and I was born in Scotland, uh, but the character wasn't originally Scottish. They wanted him to be a, an accent of some sort, and I said to my agent, she called me up, there's a new show, Stargate, and I'm like, okay. I go, I did Stargate SG-1 before, and she goes, yeah, yeah, it's a new spinoff of it. I'm like, cool. They want you to read for the doctor. He's a reoccurring character, possible reoccurring character. I'm like, great. Any accent, and right away I read it, and in the pilot, it's quite funny because I'm sitting in the chair. I have to get out of the chair and all that. I'm like, he's Scottish. He's Scottish. I can sense it. You know, Carson, Scottish. You know, so I start doing it. And then the casting director, who's a very nice guy, he calls my agent up. His name's Stuart Aikens. And he's sort of persnickety a little bit, but he's awesome. He's like, um, you know, um, what his accent is Paul doing? And Jamie's like, calls me. She goes, what accent are you doing? That's my agent. I said, I'm going to do a Scottish accent. Stuart, he's going to do a Scottish accent. No, no, no. No, no one will ever understand him. <laughs> Tell him to do an English accent. Stuart says you can't do a Scottish accent, do an English accent. I said, well, no. Uh, she goes, I said, I want to do a Scottish accent. He wants to do a Scottish accent. No, tell him no one will understand him. I go, there are educated Scottish people. They do have doctors in Scotland. You know, not everyone talks like, you know, they're, you know, from train spotting, you know? <laughs> Although I love that movie. And so I said, I can, you know, so I walk in and, and I, I go to the audition. And it's in this little trailer on Bridge Studios. And it's a tiny little trailer. And he said to me, um, 
so what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to do an educated Scottish accent. And he's like, he's like, okay. So he's already mad at me, right? I'm like, great. So I do the first scene. He's like, and just me and him in a trailer on camera. Um, do the first scene. He's like, that was good. And I do the second scene. I was like, good. I do the third scene. He's like, okay, that was really good. Get out. <laughs> and I was the first one cast in the show. <laughs> With a Scottish accent. And I never went back into the trailer again. I never auditioned for it again. And she called me. And I was supposed to be going to Portugal for a film festival, this movie I did. And my agent said, you're, you're not going. Uh, you can't go. I said, why? And she goes, well, you're doing the pilot. I'm like, oh, really? I go, how many days is it? She goes, it's like nine or ten days already. I'm like, really? And yeah, and they've got you written into the first three episodes. I'm like, really? Okay, so I'm not going to Portugal. So then we did the read-through. And all the characters were cast except for McKay. Cheeky bastard. David wasn't there, but we were up at the Bridge Studios in a big boardroom, and we're all sitting around this table, and all the MGM executives are there, and they asked me to come too, and I'm like, kind of, this is kind of exciting, right? So we're talking to everybody, and, and everyone's talking. Robert Patrick's there. Joe, Joe Flanagan's there too. I'm talking to Joe. He's like, cool. We're just talking, and in the pilot, if you recall, but Beckett has one of the first lines of the pilot. So we're talking, and the only people that know I'm going to do it Scottish are the producers and the director, Martin Wood, because no one else has ever seen me or heard me do an accent. So we spend like 10 minutes or sandwiches, meet and greet, and they're like, okay, let's do the read, you know, the read through. So I'm sitting here, and Rainbow, Son Franks, is sitting beside me, and Rachel's there, and Joe Flanagan's down there, and Robert Patrick, and they go, okay, and Martin says, okay, you all set, Paul? I'm like, yeah, I start. And someone's doing the, you know, sorry, I start too, and I go, I'm not getting that bloody chair, and I'm not doing that for God's sake, you know, I'm not doing that. And I can sense everybody else kind of like, And I, Joe Flanagan looks at her and goes, is he doing a Scottish accent? <laughs> and I'm like, that's right, Scottish. Anyway, <laughs> we continue. I also have this joke with Joe, because Joe's, uh, have you ever met Joe Flanagan, anybody? Great, great guy. But he's like very kind of like, all right, um, what are we going to do today? I go, we're doing a scene. Okay. It's kind of like that. And I also, I, I pretend I'm Joe. I go, Paul, can I ask you a question? I'm like, yeah, Joe, what is it? Is your character Scottish? I'm like, yeah, we've been doing the show for five years. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get some more hair product? <laughs> I can say all these mean things about him because he's not here. Yeah, I beat him up once too. <laughs> he won't admit it though. I wrestled him. Um, so anyway, here, here's long story short. I'll just continue talking. Just tell me to stop, um, which is difficult. But I call my parents up, and I'm the only actor in the family. There's seven kids, six boys. I'm the only actor in the family. I call him up, my dad at first when I started acting, of course, you know, I have a teaching degree and he's like, so I got offered a teaching job in Toronto. And uh, thank you. Are you a teacher? Yes. What do you teach? Economics. What? <laughs> okay, what? Okay. <laughs> good for you. Jesus, I'm not good with numbers or anything like that. Um, thank God I can string a couple lines together. Anyway, so I got offered a teaching job, and I told my mom and dad, and I said, listen, are you going to take it? I said, um, I'm not going to take it, because I just, you know, been acting a little bit. I said, I just want to pursue the acting this year. My dad's like, for God's sake, should I teach her? Teach, man, teach. I said, well, dad, I want to pursue this. He goes, acting, for God, when are you going to start playing this game? I said, dad, you know, but they're very, all right, that's not what you want. I said, you all told me, no matter what I do in life, as long as you have fun and enjoy yourself, right? He's like, all right, all right, I shouldn't have said that. So... <laughs> So anyway, I ended up moving to Vancouver to pursue the acting thing, you know, and I go there and there's a show called The X-Files. I did an episode of The X-Files, right? So um, I call him up. 
I said, uh, I got my dad. I got a partner. He was any so this he gets a, the acting lingo down now. He's like, I call him up. My parents are older. I'm not a six out of seven, so my dad's like almost eighty now. And so I call him up, and it's like, I go, Dad, how you doing, Janet? It's Paul on the phone. Any gigs? That's what he says to me. Like gigs. That's the acting term. I'm like, yeah. Janet. I go, yeah. I just got a part. He got a gig. What is it? I said on the X Files. He goes, how much does that acting pay? And I told him. He goes, bloody fantastic, man. Great stuff. <laughs> That's a boy. Hey, he's a big actor, you know? <laughs> now he loves it, right? You know? So now, I, this is years later, I get Stargate Atlantis. I call him up. I said, Janet. I go, Dad. He goes, Janet, it's Paul on the phone. How's it going? I said, I got a... Janet, Paul got a gig, another gig. Fantastic. What is it? I said, I'm playing a doctor. You're playing a doctor. Fantastic. Janet is playing a doctor. I said, uh, uh, he goes, what is it? I say, uh, on uh, Stargate. Stargate. I said, yeah, Stargate. Star Trek. No, I said Stargate. Star Trek. No, Stargate. Star Trek. I said, no, Stargate. Stargate Atlantis. That's not bloody Stargate. It's Star Trek. I've been watching it for years. I said, no, it's Stargate. Stargate Atlantis. I should know. I'm the one doing it, Dad. Don't raise your voice to your old man. Here's your mom. Janet, pause on the Star Trek. My blood is boiling, right? My mom comes on the phone. Are you on the Star Trek? I'm like, yes. I'm on Star Trek. That's fantastic. Bye. <laughs> that's my family. <laughs> Love them. Um, anyway, so that's it. It went out from there. I was on Star, you know, Star Trek. And yeah, they finally, even watching an episode of the show with them, they come, they live in a farm. They came in. I had videotapes of the episodes and stuff at the time. They come and sat beside me in the couch. And they, my mom cannot sit still, right? She's like, would you like a cup of tea? Would you like some toast? I'm like, just watch the show. Here. Hey, Janet, shh, keep it. And they talk during the whole thing, right? So we're watching it and watching the show and, um, is that you right there? I said, no, I'm the other guy. <laughs> My mom's like, that's not him. Is that? I go, that's not me either. I'm the Scottish guy, the Scottish accent. And so David starts talking. Is that you? I go, no, I'm the other guy. I'm right there. All right, hey, take your easy hot shot. You know? And at the very end of it, I, I can't even sit with him, right? I just kind of walk away. I'm like, that's not bad, man. Are you doing a Scottish accent? I'm like, yes! I'm Scottish, Dad. All right, fair enough. God, so annoying. <laughs> um, I guess, you know, and so we, anyway, we ended up doing five seasons of the show, you know. But Beckett went through all his different, you know, ups and downs, obviously, exploding tumor, weird. Um, back, thank you very much. And then, you know, the show got, you know, canceled after 100 episodes, which I th in television nowadays was just huge numbers, you know. Uh, I think... It, Possibly could have went a little longer. I think a lot of people do, you know. That's right. Um, don't know if there's going to be a movie. It doesn't look that good, I don't think. But who knows what the future will hold. It'd be nice if they did something, and you know, and if Beck was part of it, I'd certainly love to do it. It's one of my favorite roles I've ever had a chance to play, which is a lot of fun. I mean, it's a great character. Uh, the thing I like about the character was, you know, so much humanity in the character, he can, and there's a lot of fun, but at the same time, he can be serious, and, you know, once in a while, he can pull a weapon out, you know, albeit a, a needle or something, you know. <laughs> but it was just like a lot of fun. As an actor, you get to do all those different things. It's cool, you know, play, playing. A, I remember my brother, who is a doctor, I call him up, I'm like, you know, you know Jason Momoa, who we love, who's Conan the Barbarian, you know. <laughs> yep, who I beat up as well once. I call him like Marmaduke meets Chewbacca. It's the combination. He's like, buddy, I love you. I'm like, let go, you're breaking my ribs. You know? 
and uh, we, we we hang out quite a bit, and uh, it'd be like a Friday, uh, like a, a Thursday night or something. And we get the ep- the new episode would start on a Friday sometimes. I'm like, oh God, and so David. And my character, we, as you know, talk a lot in very big medical jargon for me and David, it's scientific jargon. So we go through the next script and you kind of go through it as an actor, like, you kind of, before you read it, you kind of pop by and see where, where are my lines, right? Where do I come in and see how much I have to do? So he, Jason go, uh, do you get the script? I'm like, yeah. He goes, can I see it? I'm like, yeah. And he go, all right, I'm going out drinking. <laughs> I go through it. I'm like, all right, it's not bad, not bad. Giant monologue medical alien Scottish jargon. I'm like, God! He's like, Paulie's not going anywhere tonight, are you, buddy? I said, no, I'm not. I'm memorizing stuff. So you have to do a lot of memory work to it, you know? It's just like one of those things. So I call my brother Mike up when I don't understand something. I'm like, what does this mean? And can you say it with a Scottish accent for me? About, you know, some sort of like, you know, the retro dream, you know, a, a retrovirus, you know, and all these crazy big words. So it takes a long time. And David and I would both go, Joe and Jason would be, they're like kids, like children. They'd be playing on the other side of camera while you're trying to do this huge scene. There's like Tories dying on a bed. There's this, this conveyor belt of like this thing going <laughs> across her, there's noises. And you're like explaining what's wrong with her, why this, you know, this, this retrovirus is going to kill her or something, you know, going on. And those guys are like punching each other in the background because they don't say anything, right? And they're like, well, David and I will do these long monologues and they'll be like, and Joe will be like, all right, I'll see you guys in a bit. And just walk away, or Jason just stands there and nods and gets up and goes, I'm going to eat something, you know? <laughs> so it's just like one of those things you go, and that, but that's what you do. And they go, okay, moving on, next scene. But not, no one ever goes, hey, great job memorizing all those lines. <laughs> it just does, that's, it's just what you do. Like Jason, but when the big stunt days, he, he'd come and like roll over and like, you know, kill five people in one shot, you know? And he'd be like, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> I kind of wanted to be him sometimes, to be honest with you. <laughs> But listen, I can start taking some questions. If anybody has any questions, you can just yell them out or come up to a mic or something. I, don't, I can probably hear you, but no questions? Okay, I'm out of here. Okay, <laughs> oh, okay you, you tell me what to do. So uh, how did you decide to become an actor? I'm one of seven kids. <laughs> my, when I was born, I came out, my, I guess I was a little bit late, and I came out and I had a huge head of hair. And my mom looks at me, she goes, oh my God, look at me, he's like a wee beetle. We'll call him Paul. <laughs> And she goes, you're a character. My mom will kill me because I also I was born in Scotland. I was born in the house because they didn't. I came out. I was late, but then I came out early, and that they had to have me in the house, you know. And I always tell people that, and I always say, but I just add a little more drama. I always tell them I was born on a kitchen table. Mom goes, you were not born on the kitchen table for God's sakes. I go, mom, it makes it's fun, better story. Don't you tell anybody that story. <laughs> Horrifying. You're born in the bedroom. Cheeky little bugger. And I say, you're acting ever since you're born. Stop it. <laughs> So yeah, no, I just, I was acting and then um, I was in school, I did uh, a teaching degree, uh, not economics. Um, I have teachables in history and sciences and uh, biology and physical education and a minor in theater. And then I started, I started dabbling, started doing television commercials and then uh, doing a lot of plays and theater in Toronto. And it kind of just exponentially grew like that. And uh, I started thinking, you know, I can make a, a bit of a living doing this, and I really enjoy it. So um, I got into it a little bit later in the game, I guess, you know, being late, being like in just early 20s sort of thing. And then it just kind of went from there. And uh, when I got to Vancouver, a good friend of mine, Tom Cavanaugh, who's on a show called Ed. Did you ever watch that show? He was Ed. He's, a, he's a, from Toronto as well. He's one of my good buddies. Him and I were roommates in Vancouver for a while. And 
uh, he went down to LA and we just started getting just started getting more and more acting jobs and you know hopefully he stays like that because I really love it I just I love acting you know it's a one of those things where I don't wait for the phone to ring I always try to create my own projects and do things like that which is which is like a lot of I think a lot of actors I don't want to be one that just waits for the phone to ring you gotta in a business like this it's based in rejection unfortunately that's how the business is you have to know that going into it and don't take anything personally like you go and do it an audition and they all say an actor's best audition is in the rearview mirror on the car on the way home <laughs> you know to himself because I, I always go to an audition I never I, I just want to do my best and never say coulda shoulda didn't you know and I want to come out and say I gave him a little piece of poly I call it give him a little piece of me if they want me they want me if they want somebody else they want it could be as simple as my eyes are blue and oh that doesn't match the kid that he has they have brown eyes we have to get a different that's it like it's nothing personal um, but it's a very difficult business but I meet so many actors that you know just get angry and upset about it but you can't take it personally you have to create your own work so any aspiring actors out there you just got to work really hard at it if you're going to do it speaking of which great outfit thanks what do you got um did the directors of stargate have something against doctors or something because they killed off fraser in sg1 and then they killed beckett so I, i'm wondering if they just had something against doctors probably <laughs> is this vodka <laughs> Delicious. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's what everybody says that, you know. And Terrell Rothery is a good friend of mine. She's fantastic too. And uh, I, I really, I really enjoyed. Uh, I enjoy hanging out with her. And she, she's actually at the very first convention I did, the German one. And before I go on stage, I'm like sweating, right? I'm like, it was a smaller crowd than this, but uh, you know, when you haven't done anything like this before, you're like, oh my God, it's so nervous. I mean, all these people are looking at me. What am I gonna say? And Terrell's talking to me in the hallway. Have you ever met Terrell before? She is so energetic. It's like the Energizer Bunny or something. And she's like on and she's, she'll sing on stage and stuff. I'm like, oh my God. So I go up there and I'm waiting. We heard I talk in the hall and they're introducing us, right? And all the guests that are at the convention and I'm standing there and she goes, just take, you know, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. And, like, and Terrell Rothery, and all of a sudden she just turns into a different person. She jumps up on stage, kind of wiggles her bum and does this little, woo, and she's like dancing. And, and then, then they haven't even aired Stargate yet when I, when I was there, Atlantis. So then they go, and Dr. Uh, Carlson Beckett, Mr. Paul McGillian, and I walk out and I'm like, and it's like, <laughs> crickets. I'm like, hi, hi. And Terrell's like, oh, it's okay. Come on, Paul. Gives me a big hug. So it's nerve-wracking at times, you know. It's kind of fun. But I don't know what they have against doctors, and it's just, it's, hor it's terrible. Doctors help people. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I was wondering, um, what do you think was your favorite episode out of all of Stargate Atlantis? Hmm. That's tough. Um, the pilot was really cool because, you know, I, I really did get the feeling when we were shooting the pilot, it was really big. It was a two-parter. The sets were amazing. I mean, the Atlanta sets. If, has anybody ever been to Bridge Studios and seen the sets ever? No? I mean, it's amazing what they did with it. And I remember Rainbow Sun Franks, who was in the first season, he was like, um, dude, I could spin records in this. This is like a serious party place. Because it's a huge, it's a huge, it's got the steps, it's got, you know, it's really well done. And to first come into that, you're like, oh, this is where we're going to be shooting. And that's only one of the stages. And so you get that feeling. And then Robert Patrick, of course, is in the pilot. And there's people, are, like, there's press everywhere. And it just had this buzz. I'm like, this is really going to be special. And it turned out to be very special. That was really cool. Um, uh, poisoning the well for me, uh, personally, because I think that, uh, for me, solidified Beckett as a regular that show because it was a very heavy Beckett episode and I think it was sort of like a little test to see if I can handle it and Brad Turner directed it who's like one of the 
producers on 24 and stuff, and he's a great guy, great director. So that was really kind of a special episode for me. So many fun episodes, you know. Um, my, the one I didn't like the most was Duet. That's the one where David Hewlett kissed me. And I'll make that very clear because he kissed me. I didn't kiss him. And he has like the worst breath ever. And lips like sandpaper. And he all says, yeah, that's the, you know, it's funny because when Martin Girl, who wrote that episode, he goes, um, came into the trailer and knocked on my trailer. He goes, have you read the episode? I go, yeah, I just read it. And he go, I go, McKay, McKay and Becca kiss. He's like, I know, I know, I know. I just, I wouldn't, because you and David are good friends. I thought, you know, it's really, I go, it's really, I got to admit, it's really funny because the girl trapped inside David's body. I mean, it's you guys, you guys are buddies, whatever. It's just, you know, you guys are both, you know, good actors and stuff. You, you cool with that? I'm like, I goes, David? He goes, oh, David's totally cool with it. So then he goes and knocks on David's trailer. He's like, what the hell's going on? I'm kissing Paul here in the episode. It's like, well, um, you know, you know, Paul's, you know, Paul's cool with it. You know, is he? He's like, yeah, well, you guys are buds and says the same thing. So that's how he roped us into doing that. And then when we're doing, we're there on the day, all the crew of these big, you know, burly guys are like, I smell a little romance on the set today. I'm like, yeah, yeah, shut up. You know, you know, and then, so David, I got to, I got to admit, David, hilarious, in the rehearsal, I'm like, okay, this is going to be something. In the rehearsal, he just grabs me and plants me right on the mouth in the rehearsal. And I was like, whoa. And he goes, just wanted to get that out of the way. I'm like, you are creeping me out. <laughs> it's really creepy. Get off of me. His sister's a much better kisser. <laughs> Hi. I don't have a question. I just wanted to tell you that Beckett was my favorite character, and I threw just a little bit of a tantrum when they killed him off, and I threatened to stop watching the show with my husband. It was very upsetting. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's very sweet. You know, it's funny, and uh, people come up to you, and they'll often get really, like, they'll come to the table, like, when I'm signing something, like, why did they kill Beckett? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you think I liked it? And they're like, well, what'd you do? Did you do something wrong? I'm like, no, I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, look at me. Like, huh. But they brought him back. Yeah, but it's, it's the same. it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. But I appreciate that. It, it's, it's really sweet that a character can touch people like that, you know, when you're, when you're on a show and then people actually take, take you in and think, well, I had an emotional response to that character being killed, which is really sweet. And to be honest with you, I couldn't be around when they had the funeral scene. I was like, I just don't want to be around for that. It's crazy. Uh, I can't do it. And the whole, uh, the crew was in tears, you know. And uh, it, it's really quite a sad thing. So I didn't watch it till maybe a month after it aired. And I watched it at home with my brother. And I just, like, watching it, my, even myself, I'm like, I knew it was coming. I'm like, God, this is sad. It's so sad. God, I'm a little softy at heart. I, I couldn't believe it. But, uh, you know, it was the, the crew and saying goodbye to the crew and stuff was weird. And also, if you know this or not, but we shot that episode out of sequence so, when after I was dead, I did two more episodes that shot before that. So then the joke was, dead man walking, you know? <laughs> so that was kind of hard to do, you know? But it was very, very happy to come back, though. So thanks for your nice comment. I appreciate that. Hi. Uh, yes, I have a question about the cast, though. Are... They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Are they, uh, do they... Do their characters reflect very much their personality or are they completely different? Sorry, sorry, what is it? Do their characters um, reflect how much their personality is in real life? Or, so is David Hewlett really just... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's exactly like his character. What about like the other ones like Shepard and... Uh, 
other people like that as well. Well, I think, there, you know, in general, well, it depends on the character you play. I guess. But I, I also think that every character you play is an extension of yourself to a certain degree. I mean, you know, I play like crazy, you know, people, but you bring an essence of yourself to it a little bit. But, yeah, I think they're all heightened realities a little bit. You know, I mean, there's times where I'm a little bit like Beckett. I like to think I'm, you know, kind of sensitive and a nice person. You know what I mean? I think Beckett's like that. Um, David is very smart, a very heady guy, and, you know, and um, he does talk really fast. Not as fast as McKay, though. I got to be honest, like, that, that guy, uh, you know, there's only two actors I work with that can memorize. So there's actually three, Amanda Tapping, Jillian Anderson, and David Hewlett that can just take huge chunks of dialogue and just fire it off like that. It's quite a skill. You know, it's a lot of a lot of actors when they get those things are like, I can't do this. This is crazy. You know, but I mean, he's really talented at it. And so is Amanda. You know, and so is Jillian Anderson for that matter. But they, they, you know, I think Joe uh, is a lot like Shepard. He's sort of like the hero guy. Joe's very laid back, kind of a surfer guy. You know, he's he's got that atmosphere. You know, thing. Jason is like I said, Chewbacca meets Marmaduke. Uh, he's kind of like, yeah, yeah, let's get something to eat. We went. We did a convention in Australia in Melbourne last year. I brought a buddy of mine, Al. And it's kind of fun that sometimes you can bring your friends to these things, you know. And uh, he's never been to Australia, so we went to uh, Melbourne and Auckland. And so he, he had met Jason a couple times in Vancouver, but he hadn't had dinner with Jason or ate with Jason. And that's a whole different experience, okay? Because we, I see him, and he's like, Paulie, he calls me up. I go, what room are you in? He goes, I'm starving. I'm like, of course you are. Um, let's go eat. I'm like, all right. So I, I'll, I went to go eat, and I was like, cool, we'll go grab a bite to eat. So we were walking around Melbourne, and we go into this um, restaurant, and uh, Jason's like, um, let's have uh, two dozen oysters, a uh, plate of spaghetti, um, of, uh, some fish and chips. What are you guys having? Like, he's like that. You guys want to split an appetizer? Some calamari? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get, yeah, okay, we'll split something. So he puts the calamari down, and he is like a savage. So he, he comes down, Al's like scared of him, like most people are, and he's like, just blow up some of that, and he just, you know, handfuls of it in his mouth, right? I'm like, uh, okay. And so Al comes up to me, Jason goes to Washington and goes, can I say something? I'm like, yeah, I, I don't want to split anything with him anymore, I'm scared. <laughs> I go, I don't, I don't blame you. And we'd have these, these sci-fi dinners, you know, you go to these dinners and there's all the executives there and stuff, you're like, oh God, it's kind of awkward, it's kind of these the people, like, you know, I get there late. First sci-fi dinner I go to, I'm sitting in between um, one of the heads of sci-fi and Richard Dean Anderson. There's one chair empty. It's me. I'm like, great. So, uh, you know, I get there late. I'm, I'm, I, I sit down. I'm like, hey, guys, how you doing? They're good. And we're just talking. You know, we're all going around. Jason shows up, right? And his character is, like, quite dirty in the show and stuff. So he doesn't even bother showering or anything. He's got, like, his nails are covered in dirt. And he's grimy. In a big scene, he's like, how you doing? And he's like, I'm starving. And it's a big round table, you know? And there's these chunks of bread on the table. So he grab, reaches his hand into the basket, grabs the bread, and then he reaches his fingers into the thing and pulls some butter out, right? <laughs> and I'm watching them. And a couple of these sci-fi execs, they're like, ha, <laughs> you know? It's like, a, hi. Yeah, so Paul, you want some bread? I'm like, oh, here. Throws a piece at me. I'm like, oh, I'm good, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Don't hurt me. <laughs> You know, I don't even know what the question was. Anyway, I went out there. <laughs> How you doing? Hey, how's it going? Great. Um, I was wondering if you know anything about a, an, any plans for a dog's breakfast, too? At all? Um, if he makes me dress like that again, I swear to God. <laughs> I don't know. David's talked a little bit about it. I mean, that would be fun if he did it. I mean, but a lot of people ask me that. So 
uh, I, you know, I, he's doing a lot of different things right now. I haven't talked to him lately, but he had talked about it, you know, at some point in time. I think it would be really fun if he did. Uh, I, I'll tell you a little funny story about that, shooting that movie, which, you know, David asked me to do, and I'm like, yeah, it's great. I read it. I'm like, I'm dressed as a woman. And we played around with the voice I was going to use for the woman. I said, David, you know, we're like, at first, kind of a New York voice, like, can make you really talk like that. And I'm like, you know, it'd be really funny just for the Stargate fans if I do a Scottish woman voice. He's like, yes. <laughs> so, you know, Detective Morse was a Scottish woman. But when I'm dressing up as the woman, I love you ladies out there, by the way. I can't believe you wear heels, nylons, bras, all of it. I'm trying it on, so that make we have a guy in there. He's doing my makeup, and he covers my eyebrows up, and like kind of like puts a prosthetic over them, and then he's spray painting me or whatever they do, you know. Then he puts these little freckles on me and stuff, and they put the wig on. I'm like, I'm hot, you know. <laughs> I'm pretty hot, you know. This is like, and then he puts a lipstick on. I'm like going like this, you know. I'm like walking around like this, and they're like, you're an idiot, you know. <laughs> so then I put the the bra on and the pantyhose and the thing and now I look like a linebacker you know I'm like I'm not hot you know and I couldn't walk in the heels at all I had to bring them around to the with me and then just put them on when I was shooting so I was walking around some slippers and they just hand me the shoes and it's, of course Vancouver pouring rain the entire shoot and it's like a swamp outside there's a scene where David comes out of the window and he's naked which is creepy um, and he has soap suds on his bum and he's lying face down in the mud and I'm standing out front of him looking at him he's running away from the detective and I'm standing there over him like standing and David's lying looking face up at me and his butt is out there with soap suds on it and they go okay rolling rolling oh sorry camera problem we have to change the lens I'm like oh, god and Paul can you hold this they hand me an umbrella because I'm holding it over him it's freezing too it's like January it's freezing and I'm standing there in my heels, and I, I look at him, and he looks at me, and he can't move because he's naked, and he, and he looks at me, I go, David, he's like, yeah, and he looks up, I go, this better be funny, he goes, I know, and as I say that, my heels sink into the mud like this. <laughs> Thanks for that. So, I don't know. I hope so, because it was tons of fun. <laughs> it was. Thank you. I was just kind of curious, after the whole Star Trek Stargate mix-up with your parents, how did they react when you actually were on Star Trek? Dad, I, I, I just got up, you know, I read for Scotty initially on the thing, you know, a lot of the fans, fan base, obviously Stargate fan base is huge, and uh, I remember the story, I'll, I'll, get, I'll know exactly what you're talking about, so I get to, I get to the story, and uh, uh, I get there, and J.J. Uh, Abrams meets me. And, you know, went to Simon Pegg eventually, and it was, you know, very flattering that, uh, that they even thought of me, you know, and James Doohan's family publicly endorsed me to play the part. I'd never met them before. They're like, this guy looks like Scott, looks like our dad, you know, and, and it would, you know, he'd be great for the part. But obviously, I, they have a relationship with Simon Pegg. J.J. and Simon have a relationship, which is great, and he's a fantastic actor, and said, um, you know, I get to the set, and the first AD Scottish, his name's Tommy, he's like... I'll come and meet JJ. So I meet JJ, and they offer me this part, and I'm like, great. And he's like, oh, Paul, so great, man. Thanks. You got a crazy fan base. I'm like, oh yeah, the Stargate fans just love you, love the show. They love you. And I'm like, oh, that's so nice. And he goes, I had Simon in mind for a long time ago. It's just fantastic, but the fan base is great. So it's pretty. He's very aware of how big the Stargate fan base is. But anyway, so I called my dad up. I said, hey, I got a part in, uh, I got a part in a new Star Trek movie. Stargate's doing a movie. <laughs> No, Stargate, Star Trek's doing a movie. 
Are you sure? I'm like, yes, I'm sure it's Star Trek. <laughs> and then, of course, they go see it, right? Where are you in the movie? I'm like, I know I told you it's a small part, just a little thing. I look for me, I have a hat on. And you go, you have a hat on? <laughs> oh, I know who you are. I'm like, come on. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> anyway, it was cool to be in it. I was driving back from Los Angeles up to Vancouver to do a play, and my manager called me and said, listen, J.J. Uh, Abrams' office, just about a month after I found out I didn't get Scotty, office just called and they want to offer you something in the Star Trek movie. I'm like, pull over. I'm like, what? I go, well, what is it? You know? And uh, they won't tell you until you say yes. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what it is, but for those of you who don't know, there's a little part who haven't, you probably, most of you have probably seen the movie, but I come in when we're calling out all the names of people getting on different ships, and I say McCoy, and I don't, I don't say Kirk. Kirk runs up and goes, no, you never, you never, Commander, you never called my name, you never called my name. I go, you've been grounded for academic suspension. I have a hat on and stuff like that. It was really, it was really cool that to me, a little pop in the movie, right? But when Chris Pine, who's a lovely guy who plays Kirk, I have the scene with him, and he's like, he goes, you're on a sci-fi, right? I said, yeah, I'm, a, I'm on Star, Stargate. And he goes, that's cool. What are those conventions like? I said, oh, you'll find out. And he goes, you think so? <laughs> I go, oh, you'll find out. And he goes, you think so? I'm like, dude, you're Kirk. Yeah, you'll find out. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, you know, I don't know if he's ever been to one, but, uh, yeah, but he did a great job in the movie, and that was a great movie, and, and working on that set that for the small part that I had was such a joy. J.J. Abrams, there's a reason he's so successful because he's a really class act. So it was really cool. Hi. Uh, hi. In my opinion, maybe you should have joined Saturday Night You were adorable. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, in your opinion, yes. I think you should have joined Saturday Night Live. Thank you. And at least on that show, you won't get killed off. Pardon me? At least on that show, you won't get killed off. Thank you. Good point. Well, you never know. They probably would find a way. <laughs> Thank you, though. You're sweet. I like Phoenix. <laughs> Hi there. Hi. Um, my question is, um, actually, I don't know if it's more a comment or a question, but um, my sense of humor since it has a tendency to get me into a lot of trouble. And I know... Me too. Um, <laughs> my parents are, for, are from England, so they have a total different sense of humor than Americans. Yeah. So it doesn't carry over very well, so I, I seem to laugh at things that maybe aren't very funny. Does um, that get you into trouble with, with your shows that you're on? Or Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I just think it's good to have a laugh. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, all we can do is laugh. You know, you got to... I think there's also... You can find the humor in everything, you know, at, at times, because that's... that's what makes the world go around. I mean, I always say it takes the same amount of time to say hello to somebody as it does not to. I think if you, it's a conscious effort not to say hello to somebody. When anybody comes onto our set, I'm the first person, um, I'd like to think anyway, that makes people feel at home and welcome because uh, I think it's just smart too because it makes it conducive to a good performance. If actors come onto a set, and I've been on sets where, you know, some pseudo stars or whatever don't talk to people, they snub you, and they're kind of like that. I'm like, that's not helping the process because when you feel like uncomfortable, how can you be really good at what you do, you know, and feel like it's okay if I mess up or do something like that. So I think it really constricts the performance and the way people are. So I think, you know, to have a good sense of humor about things and just have, you know, make jokes. Our set was constantly people making fun of each other, nonstop. We really made fun of Rachel Luttrell a lot because she's so easy to tease and she's probably one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet, but she's so fun to tease. Jason and I... I don't have the picture. It's somewhere. So it'll probably pop up one day. 
Rachel had a baby in the last season. She's heavily pregnant, you know, just a huge belly, tiny, huge belly. So they, we had to, Leah, the makeup artist, said, listen, what, what are we going to do? We've got to do something for Rachel. Let's make a big card and, you know, do something funny, Paul. You do something funny. I'm like, God, what am I going to do? It's funny. And so Rachel goes home early that day because she only works a little bit because she's almost going to have the baby, you know. And uh, Jason Momoa and I are sitting in the trailer, and I'm like, Rachel takes her, uh, her wig. She had a wig. She took her wig off and hands it on the thing. I'm like, oh, I got a good idea. And I go to the wardrobe people. I go, do you have any Taylor's outfits? Anything like that? So he's like, yeah. I guess she's uh, some of the old ones. And I'm like, yeah, well, give that to me. And her sword. And I put Rachel's wig on. And Jason and I did a photo shoot. As, and I put her pregnant belly that she had on. Because she had a pregnant belly to keep with the continuity when she was pregnant. So she had, they, they made a fake one for her, too, for her stunt double. Had a fake big belly. So I take that, I put it on, put her outfit on, I have that on, and Jason and I are doing like the stick fighting that Rachel would do, and we did a photo shoot of that and took all the pictures and put it, and I go, and I went to her trailer, and I, I took bags of chips and poured them on top of my stomach and had like a bottle of wine in my hand, and I, had a, I go, and I put the captions like, with a stick fighting one, like, mommy's tough, and then Jason and I are like, Jason pretending he's making out with me, mommy's sexy, you know? <laughs> Mommy's hungry, and I'm lying the thing. Mommy is drunk. <laughs> and she goes through all the pictures, and mine was last. She goes, oh, she, look, all the girls are like, oh, my God, Rachel, you're so beautiful. You're going to be the best mom ever. And they're going through all the pages, pages, and I'm, like, just waiting. I'm at the other end of the trailer. She goes, oh, my God, this is so sweet, you guys. And she gets mine. She goes, oh! <laughs> I go, yes! <laughs> so that's what we did. So laughing is good. Yes, I, I appreciate that. Now I can... Uh... I can tell someone else that, too. <laughs> you do tell them that, please. Yeah, tell her that over there. Um, what? The little girl that was ahead of me. What? The one with all the... You said that was cute? Yeah. What? The, what? the question ahead of you, you said she was cute? Yes. Anyway, yeah, she's with me. Anyway, oh, okay. Um, I, I think she wants to... She has autism, so... Okay. Uh, what did she just say? Go ahead. What? Big voice. What? what? What's your color? What's your, fa What's your favorite color? My favorite color is the color that you have on, blue. 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 Blue is my favorite color. Thank you. Is that your favorite color too? Is that your color? That's my favorite color. Blue. Thank you. Uh, yeah, my, uh, I have two questions. My first one is... You Blue's my favorite color, okay? Yes. <laughs> I'm married. Okay, it's a second. And it's incredible. Okay. <laughs> See, that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. I have two follow-up questions that I just thought of. Okay. Um, the first one is, you find it a tactical advantage or does it bother you that there might be other clones of Paul McGillian out there? <laughs> I don't, it doesn't bother me. It might bother you guys. <laughs> <laughs> there is again. Um, and then my other one is, uh, did it ever freak you out whenever you saw the race? Or was there any, have any interesting race oh stories? Oh, my God, yeah. Totally. <laughs> creepy, creepy, creepy. Todd Masters does all the prosthetics. He, does, he did, like, Slither and all those stuff. That's the guy that did the race, you know? And James LaFranzio, I forget if I'm saying his last name wrong, but he was the Steve, the first race. For a long time, he was, like, a really one of the main wraiths all the time. And to be a wraith, it takes about... Um, three and a half hours of prosthetics in the morning. So the weirdest part is her and Andy, um, who played the Queen Wraith, and I've, 
I've never seen them unless they're a wraith because they come at 2 o'clock in the morning, right? So by the time I get there, they're already full wraithed out, and they're in a different trailer. They're in a prosthetics trailer, and uh, they constantly are being dotted at, and they put, like, makeup brushes. They're, they're, when you have that on there, like, and they have contact, there's a contact person just for you that follows you around, and, and you're kind of like, it's almost like you're in a different set because they have to take care of you so much because it's so technical with the camera and stuff. But we went to the rap party, season one rap party, and I'm standing there, and um, um, this girl comes up to me, you know, and she's like, hey, how are you? I'm like, I'm good. She's really quite tall and striking. I'm like, I'm good. How are you? And I'm single. And she, I'm like, I go, I'm doing great. She goes, you're so good in the show. I'm like, well, thanks. I mean, Paulie's getting lucky here. What's going on? He might need some platform shoes, but she's pretty cute. And I go, so uh, I go, are you here with somebody? She goes, no, I'm here for the rap party. I said, oh, cool. What do you do? And she goes, I'm on the show. I'm like going, oh my God, she's a crazy fan. And she's like, well, you know, I don't know what's going on. How'd she get into the rap party? I'm like, no, you're not. I've never seen you before. She goes, Paul, it's Andy. I'm like, hi, Andy. I still don't know who you are, right? I'm going like, oh, Andy. I'm like, hi. She goes, you don't know who I am, do you? I'm like, no, I don't. I'm sorry. She goes, she goes does this make a difference? She goes, I ought to kill you, Dr. Pick. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> you're a creepy race. Creepy race. And I did this, you know, I did the same thing with, the, with James at the party, but, you know, I didn't think he was hitting on me, but I didn't know who he was either. And then I was at Dragon Con, like, four years ago, and um, I, I said, uh, there's a, they have a VIP room. Has anybody been to Dragon Con, that convention? It's pretty crazy. It's huge. There's, like, 60,000 people at it, and there's tons of costumes, you know. Um, it's just a really big, big convention. It's, it's a lot of fun, like this one, you know, but a little bit bigger as far as like it's, just, it's in these two three hotels basically it's crazy um, but they have a big green VIP room for all the guests to go afterwards and have drinks and you know, snacks and stuff so it's at night and this girl comes up to me and she goes one of the people that worked there she goes um, you know Jewel State you know um, she wants to hook up with you she's gonna, are you going to be around here for a while she's getting showers she just flew in I'm like yeah 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 totally 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 and so I'm like great I'm like, Jewel State, who's the hell's Jewel State, right? So I can't remember. So we're in the thing, and I'm with my buddy Mike. I bring to this convention with me. We're kind of hanging out. We're having some drinks. About an hour later, you know, this girl comes over, and she goes, hi, how are you? And she's, like, really hot, and she gives me a big hug. I'm like, I'm great. I'm like, God, this is awesome. You know? <laughs> Again, you know, this is great. I'm having drinks and stuff, and she's like, so I go, so what are you, um, like, after I go, uh, what, you, what show are you on? She's like, I was on... Firefly. I said, oh, cool, I've never seen it. And she's like, great, but I was also on Stargate with you. I'm like going, what? Again, I'm going, what? And she goes, it's Jewel. I played Elia, the Wraith. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. And this is my husband, Matt. I'm like, hey! <laughs> so, you know, but now, you know, that was, because you don't know, you have no idea what somebody looks like at all, you know? So it's very weird, and it, they've kind of got it on you, right? Because they know that you don't know. So it's kind of a weird experience. But to be in the prosthetics like that is challenging. Chris Hyredall, who played the Wraith a lot, and he's on um, Sanctuary, plays Bigfoot, is like the Zen master. He just sits there for hours and they do this stuff. And I'm like, I, I did, I was on Sanctuary a bit too. I played Wexford, this other lizard character. And it's tough to sit there for three and a half hours. Those guys are amazing what they do. But it's a lot of work to have a, a, as a regular basis. It's, it's very difficult. So that's my Wraith story. Hi. Hi. Uh, first of all, I want to say I uh, love the show and uh, Thank you. loved you on the show. So Thank thanks you. for doing all that. I was curious what it's like acting in Vancouver. It seems like 
all the shows that are in Vancouver that you guys guessed on everybody else's show. I wonder if that's like some something you have to sign off on as some sort of criteria. Yeah, I know. It, it's it's kind of it, well, you know, it's a smaller community, right? Um, it's fun. We also call, they call it Hollywood North, but they also call it Sci-Fi Central. You know, I think you know. God, I mean, there's so many Sci-Fi shows shot there. I've been on almost all of them. You know, and uh, yeah, no, it's really it's really cool. You know, it's a it's a cool experience. You kind of you kind of pop from show to show to show. You know, uh, one show I've been on yet is Eureka, which is you know I think one of the producers is going to be here, and I know Will, uh, his friend, he's he's on as well. I think that's a cool show too. So maybe someday that's one I, that's one of the. Only sci-fi shows, I think, that and Battlestar. But I don't think I could have went on Battlestar because you're on Stargate. You don't really cross over to Battlestar. <laughs> Dif different world, you know. But I was the only actor to go from Stargate to Star Trek. Lots of Star Trek actors have been on Stargate, but no Stargate actors have been on Star Trek. Thank you. Just don't blink when you see it. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Um, I don't know. I'm new here, and I don't know if anyone else asked this, but what's your favorite... Um, like Blue. Set, <laughs> your production of a dog's breakfast. What's my favorite what? Like your production scene or whatever, like behind the set. What's your favorite moment of a dog's breakfast? God. <laughs> uh, the, the, the outfit was pretty weird. Jeez, um, uh, I mean, we had so many funny scenes. I thought David killed himself at one point in time because at the very end of the movie, he runs outside in the mud and he's like mad. And he, or at one point in time, he, he, he throws a temper tantrum and he, he slips up in the mud and we're sitting in the thing watching him. He's snapping. I'm sitting as, the, uh, I think, detective with, uh, with Kate in the room and we kind of see him out the window. And he's like doing it on purpose. He wants to slip, but it's so slippery. He went flying up in the air and landed on the back of his head. I'm like, in this, during the scene, we don't want to stop because the camera's rolling, right? I'm like going drinking my tea or whatever. They call cut. I'm like, oh my God, is he alive? Because it was like, and he gets up because not fine. Like he's actually very agile, but you wouldn't really think it, you know? But uh, that was, that was kind of crazy. I mean, the, the wood chopping scene when he's like going to cut off my, you know, he's like, just hold it still. Don't worry, I won't miss. I'm like, don't miss. Don't worry, I won't. That was, that was kind of fun. A lot of fun scenes. When David's punching at the, the, the bag hanging up, we had a lot of fun with that. Again, mostly the butt. But the one I told you earlier, uh, the group about me with the heels and looking at David's butt, that's pretty memorable. <laughs> Unfortunately. That and the kiss from Atlantis. Oh, God. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. We've got 10 minutes. Okay. We've got a few more minutes, I think. Um, you can ask me something. Go ahead. Okay. What can you uh, tell us about what you're working on now? What am I working on now? Okay. Um, I just did. Uh, they're doing a, a life story of J.K. Rollins. You know, um, the woman who wrote Harry Potter, right? Um, and Lifetime is doing it, and it comes out a week before the last Harry Potter movie, I think, which is in July 15th. So it comes out around the 10th of July or 11th of July. And I play Pete Rollins. I play her father in it. But when it starts, when she's like four years old, so it ages up. So you'll see me in 70s clothes with big sideburns doing a, 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 like a, a South London accent. I play her dad in it, which is kind of a cool thing. I think it's going to be a very big movie. I mean, it's what an interesting story, complete rags to riches story, you know. At the end of the movie, there's a thing that says, you know, she's said to be richer than the Queen of England now. And she was at one point in time, you know, uh, on the dole, you know, collecting uh, welfare and stuff. So, I mean, it's an amazing story, her life story. Poppy Montgomery plays her. And you'll, you'll recognize quite a few uh, actresses and actors from it, from Vancouver in it. And we shot a lot of it in Victoria, so we did that recently. And then I have a Hallmark movie coming out called um, Finding a Family. Um, again, based on a true story about this kid. He was on the cover of People magazine. Um, I forget his last name. Uh, Alex, uh, 
very odd last name. Sorry, I forget it. Uh, but my, my character's name is Jim Banty, and it's about this kid. His mother was in a car accident. She has some brain damage, and she was a PhD, uh, went to Harvard, and doctor, and she couldn't really raise him properly, so he was kind of in and out of foster home because of her, her illness. And he basically wanted to stay at the school so that he was that he was he wanted to graduate the same school he was going to, and his goal was you know to go to university and, and honor what his mom had done, you know. And so he puts out a letter writing campaign to try to find a family to take care of him, and he finds our family. And I play Jim Banty, a real life character. They lived outside of Chicago, I believe, and we take him in and raise him. Um, he's like already like 16, and then we spend the time, and he ended up now the real life Alex uh, just is graduating from Harvard this year. So it's kind of a cool, really one of those hallmark stories. So you need a big bag of Doritos and some Kleenex. <laughs> so it's one of those things. And then I have uh, a part which I can't say really anything about, but I'm in J.J. Abrams' new Alcatraz um, pilot. So I'll do that. So that's kind of cool. And then. Um, we just finished shooting a pilot not too long ago called Captain Starship, which we're hoping to try to sell. Um, and uh, that's with Ivan Bartok, who's uh, one of the guys from Stargate. Uh, myself, Michael P. Northy, and Jesse Miller, we co-created it. And it's basically about myself. I play Uncle Polly. I'm on a sci-fi show called Captain Starship. And I have a nephew, Kevin, that lives with me. And he's like an 11-year-old little sci-fi fan. And it's sort of like Two and a Half Men meets Entourage with uh, you know, a sci-fi twist. And uh, you'll like the fact that Michael Shanks is guest star in it. And he plays, he plays my nemesis on another sci-fi show. And he is hilarious in it. Like he's, he, we have one scene in it, but he's so funny. It's worth the price of admission. I mean, he's so good in it. So we're really excited. The whole Stargate crew shot it. And we shot part of it at the Bridge Studios and part of it in my old apartment. Well, <laughs> probably that's why it's my old apartment. <laughs> so we had a crew of like 40 shooting in my apartment. So it was quite an amazing thing. It's 22-minute, half-hour pilot. So we're just going to start shopping it like next week to different networks and see if somebody picks it up. So it's called Captain Starship. Look out for it. It's kind of hopefully good. I hope you guys like it. Uh, yeah. Um, since Stargate Universe kind of has is... Ending. Canceled? Do you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's ending. It's canceled. Um, I, I was wondering, do you know if they're going to bring any new Stargates into the mix? You know, it's, you know, I think if you look at it, that's 17 seasons of Stargate, you know, uh, which is amazing. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me, you know, if they did. I, I don't know what, what the plans are. The thing, you know, a lot of fans come up and say, you know, I watched a bit of Stargate uh, Universe. Um, it's just a different style of show. I think the Stargate... SG-1 and Stargate Atlantis kind of were in the same sort of vein. You know what I mean? They had that same thing. That's why uh, I think at first, of course, when you do Stargate Atlantis, everyone's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to watch that. I, you know, I like Stargate SG-1. I'm like, I, I get it. I totally get that. But give it a chance, right? And I think when people gave that a chance, I think it, uh, my, my favorite thing for sci-fi, I think the biggest thing, in my opinion, was when it was, they had Sci-Fi Fridays, where it was like Stargate SG-1, yeah. Stargate Atlantis, Battlestar. Yeah. Because it kind of went from lighter, lighter, a little bit darker. Kids can go to bed if, you know, it's not for them, maybe scare them or something. But it was a great night. All the sci-fi fans loved it. They could, that was their Friday night. You know, you get popcorn, you watch that, and you have a great night. I thought that was very smart programming. And then they kind of started mixing it up a little bit. If it ain't fixed, don't break it. You know what I mean? If it ain't broke, don't fix it, I meant to say. <laughs> what? Take it, flip it. Ever. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's, you know, I don't know. But, you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, I hope so for my, our sakes, and hopefully I can act on it.
Okay, we'll just get these last two questions here quickly and then he's gonna kick me off the stage. All right, just a quick question. I was curious if you kept anything, uh, costumes or set pieces or anything as memorabilia that you're allowed to talk about. So. No, I don't have anything. <laughs> I think, let's put it this way, I think everybody has something. I do have, I can sue, I have my Beckett costume, my, the very first one with the Scottish flag, I have that wrapped up in plastic somewhere. I have a bunch of different things. Uh, I have to stargate in my apartment. No. <laughs> or, a small, or a small piece of it, maybe. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Beckett. Yes, doctor, talk to me. Last question. Hi, Paul. Um, now... I'm a doctor, not a bloody fighter pilot, for I God's know. sakes. <laughs> now, I'd like to say that I personally love what you did with Stargate. It's one of my favorite series on sci-fi, like, for the whole network's uh, history. I love Phoenix. I love this kid. <laughs> and I would like to know, what is your personal favorite show on sci-fi? My favorite show on sci-fi? Good. Um, well, I, I really liked SG-1, and uh, I, I, really, I really did like Atlantis, you know, on sci-fi. I, I was a big fan of the old Star Treks. I really loved Star Trek, you know. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of a, I, I'm an, I have an eclectic taste, you know. I just kind of mix it up a little bit everywhere, you know. Uh, I like Eureka. I think that's a very clever show too, you know. They should put me in it for God's sakes. I'm in Vancouver. What the hell? Tell that guy when you're here. <laughs> Tell him to put me in the show for God's sakes. Um, yeah, so I got kind of an eclectic taste with, with that. Like, there's so many different ones. Like a little piece, like you know, Doctor Who. I watched that too, you know. Yeah. yeah. I'm a bit of a nerd, not as big as the nerd as David. <laughs> but listen, you guys, it's so great to be here. I'm going to be here all weekend. And thank you very much for having me. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Come and see me. I'm do I think I'm doing photo ops right after this, and I'm going to be signing. Come and say hi. And I've, I've met some of you already, and everyone's been really, really lovely to me. So I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Be safe, but have a lot of fun. So get into trouble. Good trouble. Thank you very much. I am Gnomewise. I am Gonora. I am Iolite. I am Daxa. I am Grail. And I am versus you. I am versus you. And I'm versus you. I am versus you. And I'm versus you. Casually Hardcore. Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. GMT. Only on VTWProductions.com. <laughs>